0: Welcome back to the Bookshop Chronicles. As always, my name is Brandy, and I am so glad you are here to listen today, because this is for all you small business folks out there. Yes, we're going to talk a little bit about books, of course, of course, but this is a snack for the small business or entrepreneur mindset, folks, because Rachel Wentworth is here with me today. Rachel Wentworth, you may know from the podcast Keeping Shop a brick-and-mortar podcast from the States. And Rachel had me on as a guest in 2019, which in pandemic time feels like a lifetime ago. However, I knew it was time to reconnect with her and definitely catch up and find out what the heck has been going on at 40 Winks. 40 Winks is Rachel and her business partner, Meredith's lingerie shop in Cambridge, Massachusetts. And it was just a really fun conversation. So we wax poetic on all things small business, pandemic, um, pivoting your business model to adapting to serve your customers as the needs of the world around you change. We do talk books, we talk podcasts, we talk all the things, folks. So I'm not going to keep you waiting. You ready to go? Here's my conversation with Rachel. Just so much fun to see your face.
1: I know, you too. You too. I know. I love people. I miss people so much. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's been a weird time. Yeah. And now, Rachel, you and I first talked in June of 2019. Is that right? Wow. Okay. So that's, that's like, yeah. Yeah. That's a whole pandemic ago. That's a long time away.
1: That was the before time where we, We're so blissfully unaware of everything that was coming for us down the down the
0: pike. <laughs> were we ever? We had no clue. We were yeah. just like de doop do doo doing our thing. I know. I know. Oh man. I know. I know. And and you heard about me on the rate or the Kathy Heller podcast.
1: Yes. Yes. Right? And I was I was listening to that podcast and I thought, oh my god, this is the coolest woman and the coolest space. And, you know, I was always looking for my podcast, looking for different spaces that I could, people I could interview that were kind of in the thick of that brick and mortar retail life. And I was like, I got to reach out to Brandy. I'm so glad I did.
0: <laughs> I was so flattered. And and then you mentioned that I was the first, like, non-American guest that you'd had. Yes, you were. Yes. yes oh, my coolest.
1: God. Yes. That was so cool. I forgot about Jeez. that. Yes.
0: Yes. Wow. And your, your podcast um, is called Keeping Shop, a brick and mortar podcast. And the funny thing is, is I wasn't brick and mortar yes. then. I was very much license plate based. No. It was very four wheels. Yes. And, and we had still so much in common because business is business, right? It doesn't matter. But 100%. now yeah. I am legit 100% brick and mortar. So I feel know, like you and I I'm are so now happy. like, we have more to talk about. Yeah.
1: Yes, we sure do. We sure do. No, and the, like when when I was doing keeping shop, I was really always looking for interesting people that kind of understood what it was like not to have like a direct to consumer business or like people that were interfacing with the public and it didn't only have to be just, you know, standing behind a counter. I loved your mm-hmm. idea and I wanted to interview you because I was like this is such a out of the box sort of way, you know, everyone knows about food trucks, right? But like a book truck, like that was really cool. So I was very yeah. into your story from the very beginning. So,
0: oh, thanks. Yeah. yeah, and I I love talking to you. I think one of the great things I remember about our conversation is, like so many things, after record happened, we kept talking. No, we, we just sort of kept going, right? Yeah. Which I think a lot of people think that <laughs> conversations on podcasts we start when we hit record and we're done. But we're often not. I just kept going. I know.
1: You hear people being like, well, we're going to start recording now. We've been talking for two hours. I think it's time to start. I'm like,
0: yeah. Okay. I want to hear that conversation. I know. Wouldn't that be fun? Mm Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's true. That's one of the great things. And to be able to see your face now is just such a, a treat. Cause I feel as if I I know you. When you spend time talking with somebody like that, you actually yeah. do share an awful lot of um personal and relatable things. And so it was just yeah. so fun to have that conversation and now to see your face and to know that we have a very similar mug that we're both drinking out of. Yes, like Okay, mug. Rachel, I think Yeah, I'm I'm a huge fan of yours now. <laughs> Big time.
1: <laughs> Same right back
0: at you. <laughs> And tell me a little bit about your business and what the last couple yeah. of years has been like for you, because a lot has changed.
1: So much has changed. And like, also nothing has changed. We, um, My business is will be 12 years old in eight, this coming April. We opened in 2010. And it's a bra shop. We're in Cambridge, Massachusetts. We're in Harvard Square, which is where Harvard University is. So, we have a lot of different types of customers. We have, it's not only just a college area, there's a huge community there, and we're um, sort of like the neighborhood bra shop. So we have everyone from your 85-year-old grandmother to people getting their first bras. We kind of serve as many people as possible. Um, and it's extremely rewarding. It's one of the greatest joys of my life is owning the shop. I have a beautiful team and I have a wonderful business partner. And I consider myself very lucky. When COVID happened and my business partner and I were sitting in our back office like just sort of staring at each other. Like, are we closing? Like, are we, is is this going to happen? Are we going to have to make this decision? And we didn't actually have to make the decision because the city and this everything just shut down. We had to close. We couldn't even have our lights on in the building. We could be in the building. We could be in our space, but we could not even have the lights on. It was like a weird rule. So we you know, closed. And it was really scary, obviously. And how are we going to pay our employees? And how are we going to pay ourselves? And like, this is, you know, we're dependent on this business. And how are we going to connect with our customers? And we you know, everyone says this is like the most overused word ever. Like we pivoted, you know, we just decided like, okay, we're going to do this. We turned all to online. We reached out to our clients. We asked them to support us. Like asking for help is really difficult, but Mm -hmm. we, we did it. And we really, people rose to the occasion, our employees, we laid them off. They went on unemployment. It was fine. We knew, we said, if you can stick it out with us, like, you know, we'll hire you back. Just, we have to like, sort of, you know, shut down everything. And after those two months, um, it was like two and a half months that we could not be open. And then people started talking about reopening. And that was honestly, in some ways, even scarier Brandy, because I, we got to this point where we were like, how are we going to navigate this? Like Mm -hmm. now we know how to navigate things with the lights off. We know how to navigate things like just doing online. We don't, we can navigate things with our current inventory. We weren't buying a lot of inventory because we couldn't afford it. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, but then we were like, okay, well, we're reopening. Now we have to buy inventory. And now we have to come up with a game plan in regards to how we're going to keep people safe and how people, how we're going to encourage people coming in. This was way before vaccinations, you know? So um, we decided we were either going to like, we went through a lot of iterations. Like we were going to stay closed. We were going to have a walk-up bra bar where people could come up to this like little bar and and we would help them that way. And we did that for a while. And we just sort of muddled through as much as we possibly can't could. And then we reopened and we had the, we had the most lucrative year after opening, like, you know, starting, it was, I think, We reopened in earnest probably in August and uh, we had been open, but kind of with like a lot of precaution Mm -hmm. and we kind of reopened in earnest, like still masked and all of that um, in August. And like, we just like people just flooded back to us because I think people were like, I really need a new bra. And I mean, I'm actually like thinking, I think my timeline is even a little like messed up because that was another thing that was just so wild was like, what did time become? In that time, we didn't have any idea like what was going to be next, what was coming down after us, like what was going to be happening. And we just sort of rolled with it. And Meredith and I had had all these ideas and plans in 2019 for expansion of the business. We wanted to do our own private label where we, you know, made our own stuff. We wanted, we had all these things. And when COVID happened, we were like, okay, like are our dreams on hold because of the pandemic? And Mm -hmm. it kind of seemed like the obvious answer would be yes, you have to like buckle down and see if you can save your business. But we decided to invest money in continuing doing exactly what we planned on doing. And we launched our private label. We had incredible collaborations with different vendors. We like totally redid our website we hired a graphic designer, we like really just pretended like it wasn't a pandemic, but we were always masked. (laughs) You know what I mean? And like, just like just sanitizing constantly and pushing forward in the same way that we had planned. And I think that that was like, I mean, it's showing our like, our business is doing so well now. And it was, I think it was like, You know, you mentioned like a little bit of like the beautiful stories that are coming out of it. And it's like, for me, it was like learning to take a risk and not worrying so much about what seems like should be the obvious answer, which was that like, you know, like save your money and like, don't do anything. Like, you don't know what's going to happen. Like, just like keep yourself safe, you know? Mm -hmm. And that is the initial response, you know, especially with something like a health scare, like global pandemic, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, be safe. But then you start thinking about like what you're giving up and, and we just decided that that wasn't going to be our story. And like, we, we just probably took some risks that people would have frowned at, but they have worked out for us, which is sort of Mm -hmm. like how, when we opened our business, when we were like 25 and 27 and people were like. Are you serious? Like you have no idea what you're doing. We were like, yeah, well, let's do it, and then it's like turned into a you know a thriving business. So, <laughs>
0: and, and you, you know it's you have out your for own. <laughs> Product with label like you have your own label yeah. products.
1: We have like <gasps> a lounge a lounge line. So it's like um a robe, a pant, and some shirts. And it's a you know, it's actually it was perfect. We were you know, we we're like people are at home. <laughs> Let's give them some comfy wear that isn't just like pajama wear. So it's kind of inner right. wear, outer wear. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it would look okay on your Zoom calls, but you'd still feel totally comfy.
1: One hundred percent. Like you could <laughs> be wearing it now. I could be wearing it now.
0: Yes, That's you would it, yeah. Oh, I love that. And you're right yep. because I think the natural reaction is to tuck your tail between your legs, just yeah. stay in the corner and just ride it out. But mm-hmm. but then progress doesn't happen if you hide from it. And not everybody has the yes. opportunity to take those risks and move forward, but I really admire your courage to as a team say, "Okay, we're just going to we're just going to do it." We have the time, we have the vision, let's just make it happen. Cause I think yeah. it is those moments that you grab hold of that you're never ever going to feel bad about. It's if you don't yeah. do it that you feel right. badly. The one so for you. We had done it
1: then and we could be this much further. And we you know, to be honest, like we have done that in our business. Like we have Push things off we've pushed things off like you know we've been like oh not this year not this year not this year and you know what we always regret it we always Mm -hmm. you know it's like at what cost like we should have done that when we had you know this situation we should have done this before we had kids (laughs) you know that type of thing where we had more time we had more resource like you know that type of stuff so I agree it's like just you know looking at each other and being like, are we doing this? Let's do it. Holding hands and jumping. You know what I mean?
0: So Yeah. <laughs> and how fantastic that your your community has rallied behind you. And yes, yeah. I mean you did ask for them to support you, which I think is a really key piece. A lot of businesses don't think that they have to do that. They think people just naturally follow along. But no no you do have to ask for yeah. the permission to still serve them during this time. Yeah. But yes. that you actually have those people who rallied behind you and gave you a really yeah. successful year. That's great.
1: Yeah. It's great. It's great. We've grown a lot and it's been such a lesson too. And I would never be, you know, I know that we are in a privileged position where we do have a lot of resource behind us in terms of just the longevity of our business. And we have an incredible team who's very invested and, and trained and, you know, we have a great community and I know all, and I acknowledge the privilege that is, is all of that. I know not every business felt that supported during the pandemic, but I'm still very grateful for those things. And, um, since I have them, I'm going to use them. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. For sure. Yeah. And I think that speaks really highly, though, to your ability as a business owner and as a person to really create community that wants to Mm -hmm. continue to be a part of what's happening. I mean, that I think a lot of people often neglect that they think that it'll just happen organically, but it doesn't. And when you make those decisions with your community in mind, they know that and they want to be a part of what you're doing. So I think that that is very affirming. That the yes. community that you intentionally sought after and treated well, they responded.
1: Yes. And that has always been something that like has come sort of naturally to Meredith, my business partner. And I in inter- turn like I never I guess I just never even would have I never would have even thought that you could build a business without also nurturing a community. Like that doesn't that doesn't make sense to me. And I think that's mm-hmm. just part of my the way that I think um because i love people and i like really value human interaction and that's sort of all that a successful brick and that's what a successful brick and mortar is really built on right is is good connection with people coming in and out of your space because good connection feels good everybody wants it everybody wants to come back for it they want to tell their friends about it they want to feel like they know the person that's in charge, you know, at the store, and they want to share that experience and those connections are what keep you in business. They're what build your business. They're what get you through
0: something like a pandemic. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I totally agree with you. I, for me, it is also a very natural alignment. I can't imagine. Doing it without the community as your focus and your driving factor all the time. When we were talking um, in June of 2019, I remember you asked a question and my response was, um, oh, what was it now? Oh, anybody can come to you once, right? It can be a fluke. They can come yes. to you by accident or whatever. But when they choose to come to you a second or a third time, now that's community. And I remember mm-hmm. when I said, it, I was like, oh, yeah, I, I totally actually believe that. And I think that's exactly what you are saying is that you have intentionally built into the follow-up visits so that they think, well, this is just yeah. now my bra place.
1: Yes, right? absolutely. They've,
0: they've claimed yep. you. Yes,
1: they do. Yeah.
0: And, you know, I mean, you
1: can come, you you know, all these people come in and they want us to advertise and they want us to do this, this and that and this. And I say, I don't really need it. Like, it's not that I don't need it. I mean, we have we work really hard on our social media. We work really hard on our email marketing. But those are already our customers. Those are already right. our community. We're cultivating those people like I the best advertising is a happy customer that goes and tells their friend oh, your bras aren't fitting. I know where you should go. Boom. Done. You know? And it's just this growth and growth and growth and it, you know, it just, it spreads. And if, you know, we are so, we're just lucky that that was in our sort of our business DNA, but that we've also been able to find an incredible staff that also understands that vision and is able to Mm -hmm. give customers you know, our clients and our community, that same kind of service. So
0: shout out to them. (laughs) You're right. Because your, your team, they are just an extension of you and your vision and your, your heart for what matters. And so, you know, cultivating that team is your first reach into the community that you're also trying to cultivate, which obviously you're doing a really, really good job because bras are personal. And it's not oh. like somebody can just go in and buy like a necklace or, you know, right. a pair of sunglasses. Bras, I mean, this is, you get a fitting, you get people talking about the squishy movable bits, oh, this, yeah. all the things and how when your body moves a certain way, you can tell if that bra is the wrong bra because it's going to dig in somewhere or whatever. These right. are the conversations 100%. that you're oh. sharing with somebody. You have to trust them.
1: Yes, so, absolutely, and you have to be able to to trust them very quickly, you know. So nice. that has that's you know takes a special person. So. It's all, you're, I'm thinking as you're speaking of like all of the conversations that I have had that are just absolutely <laughs> totally inappropriate, you know, to, to the, to most people.
0: Sure. Of course, outside yeah. of your store, it probably wouldn't work, but in your store, that's the norm, right? That's like, the it's norm. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Bring it. We can, ha- we can have that conversation. We can handle it. <laughs> and what a relief actually, because everyone mm-hmm. who wears a bra, frankly, mm-hmm. You need to have that conversation with somebody because you have a question. Yes. Is should it feel like this? I don't yeah. know when I when I look at it, I don't know if they're supposed to do that. I don't know what's yeah. going on. Like and you don't really know who's the best person to ask, right? Mm-hmm. Because everybody yeah. has their opinions or whatever. And then you can be judged based on your question or or, or what you do and don't know.
1: Right. Right. So
0: going to a store like yours with a community who gets it and who affirms you, wow, like that's yeah. just that's just such yeah. a good space to be in. Yeah, like I oh. said it's
1: like I consider it like one of the greatest joys of my life being able to serve in that way.
0: Yeah. And then yeah. you went a step further. You said, "Okay, yes, we're going to do this great business and we're going to you know, serve our people well. We're going to we're going to be available for them. We're going to do it awesome." oh, you know what I'm also going to do? I'm also going to start a podcast and talk to other business owners and just kind of expand our network of awesomeness to get more wisdom and inspiration and stories from other places. So what motivated you to do a podcast?
1: Well, I started um, listening to podcasts. I listened to Serial like everyone did. (laughs) And then I started being like, oh my God, this medium is so cool. And I started getting you know, listening to some like business, like business podcasts. And I started listening to more true crime, you know, I just sort of like, and I, I love to talk and I love to write and I love to read and I love to connect with people. And I, you know, I would go to these different, you know, every time my husband and I would go to anywhere, we would go to like little boutiques and little shops and, um, I would always want to talk to the owner or the people that were working there and connect with them and to share my space. And I just like always wanted to do that. Every time I would go in, we would end up staying way longer than I think my husband anticipated. (laughs) Um, And I would have a new friend. I would have a new contact. I have a new Instagram follower and vice versa, you know? So um, we, I said, well, I'm really liking this medium and I'm going to try my hand at interviewing Brick and mortar business owners because this is what I like to do in my free time and I think other people would be interested in that too. So I launched Keeping Shop and I like can't even think of the actual year I did it. It would have been 2017, I think. Yeah, end of 2017, and um, it's super rewarding and fun and like a lot of work. As you know, you you know host a podcast and it's a lot of work and some. Some you know back and forth, and it was really, really fun and interesting for me to not only connect with those people like yourself, but to also share people's stories and watching other people connecting and and things like that. Um, and I was so the story with the podcast, as I mentioned, is that I have put it on hiatus because when COVID happened. I didn't have childcare anymore and I didn't, I was, my husband was home from work. We were working in our 800 square foot apartment, both of us. And I, and 40 winks was my number one priority. And I really came to this moment where I was like, this is actually a time where my podcast community could really use me. um, And I, but it's also a time where, I really have to be there for my 40 Winks team and I kind of felt like given all that was going on and what was going on with my fam you know in my family everyone was healthy fortunately but you know we were like all crammed together I had no time and I had zero headspace
0: mm-hmm. and
1: I was basically like for the good of my mental health I think I need to choose between 40 winks wholeheartedly and doing keeping shop as well, because keeping shop was already becoming like a huge amount of time that I was spending on it. And it was, it would have taken away from my ability to lead my team and lead the store at 40 winks. So it was a really hard decision. Like even talking about it now makes me feel sad. It makes me feel like, you know, a little like I feel like a little bit of a like it was a little bit of a loss like or a huge loss actually Mm -hmm. um to have to give up that community and I don't really feel like they're totally gone and I will say that I'm I've been given given so many nudges for the last like two months about Re, you know, connecting the po- it, it, with the podcast, and probably will start it up again at some point. So hopefully, stay tuned. But also, don't hold me to it because I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. But you know, it was such a lesson for me to to acknowledge that I couldn't do everything because I've always yeah. been a little bit of a workaholic, and it's been a little bit problematic in my life and in my mental health. I will admit that now. Um, and so it was a huge lesson in um, sort of stepping away from my people pleasing tendencies and being like, I know that this community really probably does need me and I still have to go. And it was, um, yeah, that was, it was hard for me mm-hmm. um, because, but it was really also like, again, I'm to maybe one of those COVID silver linings that kind of taught me about being okay with just saying, I'm sorry, I have to go and saying, like, I can't be there for you in the way you want me to be. And I'm really sorry, but this is what it is. So that's the story
0: podcast. (laughs) I think you're, you're wise in that because you do have to prioritize Mm -hmm. and what you said about, you know, stay tuned, but don't hold me to it. I think that is a really, it's a really wise guideline for how to, Say, okay, I'm going to do this, but you know what? If something else is more important or I feel like I just can't do it, be warned, people, because yeah. I'm going to prioritize. Yeah. And I think that yeah. that is a really safe, healthy boundary to have. Yeah. It's okay to say, you know what? Can't do it today, people. Just yeah. you're on your own. They will yeah. survive. They're good. And you're right. They will be waiting for you when you're, when you're ready. But when you're ready... Do it when you're when you're loving it and when you're at your best and you have what you want to commit to it available. Not yeah. the little tiny bit of margin that you're saving for your own self-care and mm. you know, good health days. Because it's not worth it. It's not worth it to sacrifice yourself for that. So Absolutely. good for you, honestly. Yeah. And were you doing all of your own like editing and producing and all that kind of stuff too? No,
1: I was outsourcing that. Um, I had found this really like accessibly priced um, editor. And so I was not doing the edits and stuff like that. I worked with that team for a long time and even saying goodbye to them because I knew that like once I – said I'm not you know of course I'm not going to get the same rate you know because I started with them when they were really small and um you know it was even that it was like oh I gotta keep this up and like also like they need money and I you know all of that was just like sort of you know eating at me and I just was like I can't I can't do it so
0: yeah yeah Yeah. you can't do everything and I think acknowledging that and realizing that the sun comes up tomorrow and wow I'm yeah. still doing other things and people's lives yeah. are still going on it is so satisfying to know that oh what I actually don't have to do all the things right oh wow okay I'm not gonna do all the things then yeah wow
1: yeah it's sort <laughs> of like you when you I look back on it I'm like wow I was kind of like pretty, it was pretty, um, like, I guess narcissistic or like my ego was like that, you know, people were like really gonna need me. And I think about that. It's like, I, I, there's people that I miss. There's people that I I want. There's people that I would love to hear from again, but like, I always am like, no, go, you do you like do what's mm-hmm. best for you first. Don't worry about us you know, and so I think that a lot of people probably were feeling the exact same way. I haven't gotten any anger or any like, you know, it, people are just like, oh, if you ever come back, I miss you. I, You know, I, I, people still reach out and say they listen to the show because I think the stories that people told me on the show are very, um, they stand the test of time because it's just like little glimpses into people's, you know, chosen life of leading this life of being a brick and mortar business owner and how yeah. it's hard and how it's thankless and how it's so joyous and it's so rewarding. And like, you know, those things are, have been going on since people started <laughs> selling yeah. things. you
0: know, I mean? It's true. So, yeah, it is so true. And I have yeah. directed so many people to your podcast, because oh, thank you. when people ask me about like, how do you book truck? How do you do this? How do you start yeah. these things? How do you decide during a pandemic to open a store? Like, uh, <laughs> and all the questions, right? I People had great ideas and inspiration. They just wanted somebody to hold their hand and tell them what to do next. But I couldn't do it for everybody. Oh, so I because so many of people's ideas were just different and all over the place. I said, "Okay. So here's here's the thing. <laughs> there are some resources you can go to yeah. who might educate you better, and a lot of people came to me from the states. Well, the rules in each state about certain things and permits and permissions are very different than up here. So, yeah. I said, "How about this? And I would say, go to Keeping Shop and see if you can find somebody on her list of conversations that matches huh. what you're curious yeah. about because they'll cover it well." Yeah. Yeah, and that's so, so great. Yeah. There's not that many small business supports that aren't full of ads and full uh-huh. of a lot of woo woo stuff that we don't want. We want the bare bones. Give it to us straight. And that's one of the things that I really liked about about your podcast was that it is yeah. kind of a tutorial, but it's also affirming. And it's just humans. Here's where we screwed up. Here's what we succeeded. Yeah. We don't always know why we succeeded, but we did. And we don't know why we screwed up, but we did. We're like, it's, yeah, it's right. so normal.
1: Yeah, yeah. We still get up and flip the open sign and do it all over again. And you yeah. just sort of were like, this is life. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: And especially during a pandemic. I think a lot of people have questions about how do you recover from this? How do you, like, as you said, the word that gets overused, the pivot word, yeah. which I still always see Ross- And Chandler in the hallway with the sofa. Every time I hear pivot, I'm thinking about that every single time. That is
1: the That scene still tickles me so much. It's It's just such a good scene.
0: And so every time that word is used Um, about the pandemic, I'm still going back to friends every time. (laughs) But people have questions about how to do this well, how to do it so that I'm not losing more than I'm gaining, how to keep my sanity, how to protect my Mm -hmm. family, how to Mm -hmm. be healthy, how to, you know, all those things. I think those questions are just as necessary if not more than they were two years ago
1: yeah
0: and yeah. Oh, people's sure. people's stories are so um they're so amazing actually the things yeah. that people have learned and done and i uh, i'm amazed all the time yeah it's incredible yeah, me too me too yeah it's so special to be part of now what other podcasts have you found that you have listened to that <laughs> helped you in your business or in your um, creative life?
1: Well, there've been a lot of podcasts. I think though, I still listen to business podcasts. I want to preface this, what I'm saying now by saying I, there are still, there's one that I think would be really good for people that you just mentioned, like that are looking to start something. It's called retail for the rest of us and it's my friend Janine Malone she it's a newer podcast you can breeze through it. it's full it's very actionable she's got a, a lot a lot of great resources we work with her um kind of in a coaching setting she's awesome her podcast is really good um i i always listened i started listening to being boss like many many years ago that was one that like was just sort of one of those you know first business like businessy podcasts that I listened to and I liked them they were fun and I don't really listen anymore because what I was finding with all these business podcasts that I was listening to was so much stress (laughs) because every time I would listen I would get new information and I would be like Oh my God, now I need to buy this book and now I need to adopt this way of doing something. I need to do more research. And this is the way my brain works, Mm -hmm. Brandy. It's like Mm -hmm. literally like a just a sponge. And it was getting way, way oversaturated. And I was, it was getting to the point where I was like, I'm not nothing i'm listening to people speak and i'm not uh, i'm not absorbing anything right and it's now it's become just an addiction or something you know what i mean to have something some people talking in my ear and it was also like very undermining in some ways like i say this like i don't like podcasts i literally listen to podcasts all the time but it's just like the self-help the business podcasts like the the ones where i would feel like i would make me feel like maybe i was like doing something wrong not wrong but i could do, be doing better was mm-hmm. not good for like a person like me it, it became like i got to the point where i was like i can't listen to these anymore <laughs> yeah. because i just can't um take it all in and i still like listen to certain things i really like janine's podcast i think it's really good but i like story podcasts now i Listen to a lot of true crime, and I listen to, story like stories. Like I'm listening to, um, the Dropout right now about the Elizabeth Holmes trial. I'm super into that. I'm just finished um, a podcast called Suspect, which was really really well done. And oh, um, I started here. Here lies me. It's like a YA fiction podcast about. uh, junior high and like it's all you know it's cringy and sweet and it's a story it's a story and it's like it says like if you like um, I don't even know if you have this in Canada but like pen 15 do you have I don't know it's basically like it's sort of like cringy junior high and it's so good it's it's a really good story so I've been binging that (laughs) that's hilarious So that's kind of where I've gone with my podcasts it's more like interesting uh I guess like stories
0: yeah well and what you listen to is like what you read it reflects what you need at that time and that season of your life right there's so much opportunity to choose something that just just floats your boat this is all I need right now
1: That's such a great point because I definitely needed those business podcasts at that, at that point in my life. And Mm -hmm. I think it's sort of like, I don't, I'm not in tune with them anymore because like you said, I've kind of, it's not that I've moved past needing like advice or, or, you know knowledge. It's just that that doesn't really resonate in for me at this point in my life. And I've kind of just moved on to something else. So I think it's a really good, you know, like, especially people that are starting their businesses, like business podcasts, like that God, like the world is your oyster with how many amazing resources there are, you know, like, like everyone talks about how I built this. And I think that that it's like, it is, it's like, so good. You just watch someone like building a business and going through like, The one that I always think of is the Stonyfield farm guy that was literally, I don't know if you've listened to that, this one, Stonyfield. I probably did. It's, I'm sure you did because if you're, it's, it's, but he basically fails like through the whole story. He's just failing and failing and failing and getting these like last minute, like saves from family or an investor or something. And now he's Stonyfield farm yogurt and milk and, you know, all of these things. And, but really the majority of the story was- failure. Mm -hmm. And I just read, it just was like, Oh my God, like you might fail your entire life. And then, you know, you, it's, it's how you deal with your failure in your business and how you continue to take risks and how you continue to say, all right, this feels like it's not going to ever work, but I'm going to just try to figure it out, you know? Mm -hmm. And, sometimes it doesn't work, but a lot of times it does work. And it, you know, you get through it, you know, and none of it is easy. (laughs) None of it feels good, you know, but it's, it's worth it in the end, at least for me.
0: I think when you, you go through the world, you see things at a certain angle, certain perspective. And then when something happens and you get knocked down, all of Mm -hmm. a sudden you look up and you see things differently and you go, Hey, I didn't know that was... I'm going to just try... I wouldn't have seen it otherwise. Yes. And yes. You, how it's how you get up from those moments that determine your next moment. And yes. I think that so many times... People's stories, they say, oh, you know, they were an overnight success. No, no, no. They re- mm. There's no such thing because they yeah. literally have picked themselves up over and over and over, changed course, pivoted, done all the things. And you're only seeing their 28th try. Yes. And you think, wow, look at you. No, 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 no. You're really was watching together. 27 times. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that no, that's so right. That's something that people who are looking in, think happens like it's some sort of Hollywood event but actually everybody in the business community knows yeah no this is yeah. this is it's not a fast track there's no sprint this here is, it is a marathon <laughs> absolutely oh this is a long-term investment <laughs> yes yeah yeah well and I mean I never would have even started the book track if we had adopted the child that we were planning to adopt mm. And we were foster parents and we were planning yeah. to, you know, raise this child and it was, it was going to be great. And we built, we're building everything around this yeah. and then it didn't work out. And it was just devastating for our whole family. And I needed to just, I needed to rediscover something and I needed to literally pick myself up from all the grief. And I thought, yeah. huh, what, a, what about dot, 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 right? Yeah. But those thoughts would never have occurred to me otherwise. Yeah. So there are yeah. some really beautiful stories that are coming out of people saying, well, I guess, you know what? I had the rug pulled out from under me, but I'm just going to give it a go. You launched a whole line of loungewear that is just your own, yeah. which maybe you had wanted to do, but you didn't have the, the chutzpah or the opportunity or the whatever. Yeah, Like, I just, yeah. I love that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was, it's been so, it's been really, um, interesting and empowering to use that word like Mm -hmm. to realize how far you can go if you put (laughs) your mind to it that's so trite but like Mm -hmm. you know if you really decide like okay we're we're gonna do this and it's it becomes like you make it a reality. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's like blood, sweat and tears. And you just push and push and push until you make it a reality. And it feels like, oh my God, I can't believe I even did that. And I'm so proud. And I feel like, okay, now I can do even more. And that's what for us at 40 Wanks this year was, was like, we did this. It was a little thing. We did this, we hired, we did, you know, we just did things that we had always sort of been like, one of the biggest things that we did that was like a very eye-opening for us was we took ourselves off the sales floor. Unless we are short staffed, mm. we are in the back doing behind the scenes stuff. So we are not splitting our time from like trying to push the business forward in turn and working with clients. I really miss working with clients, but me being off the sales floor has also enabled me to move out of the air, you know, out of the Cambridge area and to buy my own home and to build my future for my family in a different way. Mm-hmm. So it's been a very interesting sort of like trickle down maze of how taking these risks has really made my life different and better and also taken a lot of pressure off of me in terms of like, I always worried about what was where we were going to buy a house and what, how, you know, settling down felt like very, like we always rented and it felt like very, like it was very, um, difficult for me to wrap my head around what our next steps were in terms of like moving, moving together as a family. And um, so just taking that risk even led to me feeling calmer about owning a home and making this change, being, you know, moving closer to my parents and having this family structure that we've moved back to. So it's been like an interesting, a lot of lessons that have come out of just like taking those, you know, deciding that we aren't going to just play small and just Mm-hmm. continuing to push forward as a business that was well, very taking, convoluted
0: <laughs> no that's perfect because i think yeah. you you said it so nicely that taking those risks it actually emboldens you to take another risk yes, because absolutely. once you take a risk and you say huh look at that it, mm-hmm. we're, we're still okay okay yeah. i guess i can do the next thing yeah. right and so you don't yeah. know what you can do until you've done it is something that that I always say and I think taking a risk doesn't seem so risky it's not life and death it's right. just levels of success or cost right like these are the things in business that we're dealing with right. nobody's going to die it's yeah. literally just like are we going to be able to make payroll are we going to be able to make rent yeah. and you I always say never put your rent or your people's cost at risk like you have to be yes. able to still pay for that so yeah. if you are still making decisions that keep those things safe it's not too much of a risk right it's more of an yeah. investment it's an investment so right. yeah. yeah and you've invested well good for you
1: <sighs> try now you
0: have a now you have a grown-up house and
1: yeah, <laughs> I know I'm nearly 40 <laughs>
0: yay <laughs> good for you <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> and now amongst all of this, I would be I would be remiss if I didn't ask you. Are you having time to read? Amongst all this because I know before we talked yeah. about some books and you suggested a couple to me and um so do you yeah. do you read for pleasure, for fun, for work? How do you fit that So
1: I, like, again, with similarly to the podcast, I kind of stopped reading business books because I just would come away being like, we need to completely revamp our entire payroll system. You know, like, it was just like too much. (laughs) My business partner would be like, if I hear another sentence start with, I was listening to this (laughs) podcast or I was reading this business book. I was just like, I'm firing you as a business partner. Um, So I like, you know, I've always been a fiction person. That's always, even when I was like kind of reading a lot of business books and I've always really enjoyed fiction. I don't really even like nonfiction that much. Um, I just, or even like memoirs, I'm kind of like, eh, I don't know why I like the idea of um, fiction because I feel like I can create the whole world for myself. And it's no one, it's, it's no one else's like reality, you know, cause it's not real. <laughs> So I feel like with fiction, that's what I've, and it's always reading and stories have always been like a huge source of, um, like a soothing source for me. So Mm -hmm. I, you know, I grew up, I had a lot of brothers and sisters. My mom was completely, she was just I feel like she was just like always overwhelmed and it was very it was like we had a very happy childhood but it was also very very chaotic like everything was and so I would just go to my room and I would just read and it was like this really calming sweet time and I would just blow through books you know what I mean just like it was just and I realize, like now, you know, I still read like that. Like I read to soothe myself. I read at the end of the day when I'm tired and I just want to like kind of drift off. I read when things are going on in my life and I need like to just sort of escape. It's such a form of escapism. This is not a new concept. Um, but I, I really, I definitely turn to it as like a meditative, like soothing sort of thing. But what that also does for me, I was, I've been realizing this, like, over the last, like, I don't know, few months, I guess, is, like, sometimes I am reading just for the experience, and I literally don't remember the book at all afterwards. Is that normal as someone yes. who, like, is with readers all the time yes. and knows readers and is a reader? Like, I literally, when you were, like, provide some summaries, I was like, oh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> I was like listening to some of your other podcasts and I was like oh they know like the story they know they remember the author oh boy I'm not gonna be good at this I mean I like remember stories obviously like there's some that really stick out some that have stuck out for me I read um Disappearing Earth um by Julia Phillips um it was it's kind of a mystery. It was pretty intense, set in Russia. Two little girls get kidnapped at the beginning and then all of these it's sort of like is like a series of like sh- like chap the chapters are all kind of like short stories um that of like different people that are kind of at the end all sort of intertwined into this ar- original story. And the end of that book, like some people hated it, but I loved it. And I was like reading underneath my like my bed like because I was using my Kindle and you know I didn't like the lights on and I'm like reading underneath my covers and like (laughs) I couldn't stop and I was like breathing heavy like it was so the end was just really good and I I really loved that book it was like a little intense obviously and obviously I was like I don't know why I really gravitated toward intense like kind of some scary books Um, during the pandemic I think they're just so they're just like Mm-hmm. fantastical, you know, and just like, I could just sort of get into them. I read, um, Circe. uh, oh. and I like, love that book so much. Yeah. By Madeline <laughs> I, Miller. Madeline Miller. Oh. I literally, like my yes. friend Jenna told me to read it and she was like, you gotta read it. You gotta read it. And I was like, I don't know. It's kind of, I don't, I, I don't know if I get this, like, oh my God, I did not want that book to end. I mm-hmm. loved it so much. Um, I read Daisy Jones in the Six. I thought that was really fun. I enjoyed that book so much, and I thought, "Oh, this is such a popular book." I was so snobby about it, like this is. But I, I really liked that book. Um, I've had some misses. Like I don't know. I don't really even remember the misses. But I've, I've listened. I don't know. Like I read this book recently called um, The Lightness. I don't remember who wrote it. Emily, Emily, St. John, Emily. I don't know, The likeness. It was really cool. It was about this kind of older teenager who her dad just, like, disappears and out of her life, and she's, like, kind of devastated by it. She goes to this, like, retreat center. It's, like, in the top of the world, essentially, and she and meets these girls, and they try to, like, learn how to levitate. And it's, like, full of, like, adolescent, like just it's so it gets so wild but you know you also are like oh my god I was at summer camp with these people and yeah. I was I would have t- I would have been that person in high school like I would have been that person that was trying to literally like levitate you know what I mean like such mm-hmm. a weirdo so that book really was really good but those are some standouts there's so many though I don't
0: if you read Circe did you also yeah. read the song of Achilles
1: I haven't is it so good it
0: it is so good you know it's one of those books that it's it's not new it's like 10 years old um, and yet it continues to show up on tiktoks and all sorts of bookstagram accounts and people are rediscovering it for the first time and it's one of those books that people clasp to their chest and they hold on and they go oh that book and they just because the emotions that they have attached to like as you said like the reading experience is one thing and then the story is another and yeah that is just that is satisfying on both levels yeah Um, madeline miller is astonishing
1: she's great Mm -hmm. unbelievable
0: Mm -hmm.
1: i know i think in her um like in her acknowledgements at the end of Cersei she like talks about how like she's so grateful to her parents because they like read her Greek mythology every day and I immediately was like I need to be reading Sylvie Greek mythology
0: every day (laughs) yes you do yes you do it is the basis for so many of the stories that we read that we don't even realize but until Mm -hmm. you read it you go Oh, hey! I'm seeing where they got that from. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it's you like deal. you got to read thing. mythology,
1: you got to read oh, yep. the Bible, you oh. got to read those things. Like I was always so good at Trivial yep. Pursuit because, like, my family was religious, and I like knew so much
0: about the Bible, and I crushed it <laughs> every time. See, it has perks. It does. Oh, it has man. Perks a few. <laughs> Totally. Yes. Yes. That is that is awesome. And I think Madeline Miller, I heard, is working on her third book, really, um, which I believe is a retelling of The Tempest from Shakespeare. Wow. Oh,
1: my God. That's like that's different. And I'm excited by that. I'm excited by that. I'm ready for that. I'm anticipating
0: <laughs> whatever she writes I will read yeah. it I will soak yeah. it up I will love it I and I, I will want to talk about it because uh, yeah she's so so good yeah yeah and I, you I had recommended to me um to read where the crawdads sing
1: oh yeah and I, yes.
0: and I hadn't read it at that point point. and yeah, I have I just, now read I
1: finished it. it what did you think yeah. of it
0: I thought it was great. Yeah. Was I good. I liked the tone of it. I liked the characters. I liked how yeah. rugged what was her name Kira Kyra? Yeah, Kyra, name, Q-
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Something yeah. yeah. And something how like that, yeah. rugged and kind of natural and close to the ground she was yeah. and how the yeah. world would just spin around her and she would just try to hold on to yeah. those natural elements and yeah. um yeah, I yeah, it was good. It That's was a good really book. good. Yeah, mm-hmm. I liked it.
1: I liked it. I know I got really popular. I don't know why I have this like thing about like, oh, if it's too popular, then I I'm I'm too good for it. <laughs> it's like, no. those books are so good.
0: Yeah, I'm the same. I feel very <laughs> contrary. When somebody says it's yes. this is the big thing, I'm like, oh, I'll thank you. I will I'm, decide for myself. Yeah, I'll read it in 10 years. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I'm not going to just go with the popular crowd. Anybody can read it. Funny. I'm going to read something else.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah.
0: And then I tip to go back and go, "Oh, okay and yeah. sometimes the hype is not worth it sometimes it's just really uh-huh. all publisher hype and all press and marketing and mm-mm.
1: yeah that frustrates me a lot
0: <laughs> well i i really love talking with you and when i'm in portland because it is yes. on my list there's like three or four bookstores in portland that i have to visit so yes, yes. when i go there i will definitely
1: yes. contact we'll you and we can yeah that would connect. be great i would love, I would love that. that this yeah. was really fun thank you so yeah. much
0: you're welcome. Thank you for sharing your your story and your success. Because I think that 40 Wings is just going to continue to be something that people trust and they count on. And hey, Cambridge, yeah. if you haven't gone there yet, <laughs> get your butt in the car and go. <laughs>
1: and we don't ship to Canada, sadly, because we can't figure out customs. And it's like even more difficult now. But we do ship all over the United States. And we are also very good at helping people virtually because we had to do that for a long time during the pandemic so we've gotten really good at it so we can we can help anyone that that might need help
0: (laughs) (laughs) because frankly ordering your bra online and just like Hmm. matching your sizes on a chart is not okay no because we are all like seriously are yeah, all the boobs—they're all wonky pants. They are all different. Yes. They are all—they're all unique I mean, and special. But wow. they're all
1: unique and special, and that is very much the norm. And people think that they're not the norm. They think they have quote—I'm doing you know air quotes here—weird yeah. boobs, and that is so frustrating because I for anyone that's just like it feels like oh you're othered somehow by your like your body. But mm-hmm. everyone it is normal. Yes. Everyone is is it has like a body, right? And it's not the exact same. And there is not one body that is the bra the body that should fit a bra perfectly. So we yeah. try to like really run the gamut in terms of the styles and all bras fit differently. And you're right, everyone tries to figure out how to buy how to sell a bra online, but it's tricky and it's yeah, really tricky. I, I,
0: I don't trust <laughs> it. I feel yeah. right away is if I spend that money, only one of my boobs is going to be happy, right? Like it's not going <laughs> to, yeah. it's not going to yeah. satisfy the yeah. whole team. And I need to know yeah. that, that they're in good hands. <laughs> yes, so to speak.
1: Absolutely. So to speak.
0: <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So if you can
1: go to a local spot and then get your style, get what you like, and then you can always buy online later, but try to do those initial fittings in store mm-hmm. if possible.
0: Yeah. yeah. And good for you for having a team that is doing that so well, oh, because so I think that is that is the key. And they're yeah. following your example, yours and Meredith. Yeah. So yeah. you guys as leaders are you're setting a whole new standard. Well done. Thank you.
1: Well done. It's nice to
0: hear. Thank you. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have some like pep talks with each other. Monthly yes. talks. <laughs> <laughs> be cool and i'm still going to put the um links to 40 winks and everything in the yeah. show notes so anybody can find you um Thank you. because i think that supporting you is huge and so many of our listeners are in the states so yeah. they can they can find you if they've never heard of you i mean what the heck if you have if you have boobs you want to put in something safe and cozy please go to 40 winks because they're they're your team <laughs> By all means, deal.
1: we will do our very best to find you exactly what you need.
0: There you go. I, I would trust you. Absolutely. You can absolutely you can trust me. One of my greatest discoveries as a small business owner has been finding people in the small business space that are just fantastic. I'm so grateful for Rachel, for our conversation, and knowing that when and if. I ever get to Portland, I am going to look her up and we are going to have a blast. Yes, this small business world is more than just the slog fest, the sleepless nights, the ridiculous cost, and the hopeful success. It is also the people you bring along with you on the journey. Today's episode of the Bookshop Chronicles has been brought to you by 40 Winks. If you are looking for any sort of Beautiful, fun, well chosen, comfy lingerie. Please go to 40 Winks in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Oh, I can't even say it. <laughs> in Cambridge, <laughs> hold on. In Cambridge, Massachusetts. Because if you have boobs you want to put in something safe and cozy, visit 40 Winks. And as always, remember no matter how you serve the world, whether it is in business or or in just conversation, in your neighborhood, serving your family, whatever it looks like. Be relevant, be generous, and be unforgettable. And may your reading life be extraordinary. Talk to you soon.